Hi, good morning, everyone. Good afternoon from wherever you're joining us. This is the Women in Safety Morning Show. And for those of you that have been to our previous shows, you'll see we talk about certain issues that affect women's safety. Today, we're talking about psychological safety. So I think this is really important. But before we get into that, I just want to introduce you to my guest today. So you've heard from Tamara. Um, I'm Donna. I'm a Group Health and Safety Manager in Public Transport, very passionate about women safety. I'll introduce you to the rest of the panel now. So Sylvia, over to you. Good morning. I'm Sylvia Marusic and I'm an international activational speaker on health and well-being and I do a lot of my work in the field of safety. Thanks. Lorenzo. Good morning everybody. Good afternoon everybody in Europe. Um, my name's Lorenzo. I'm an OSH professional of 20 years standing and I'm here today uh, representing the male allies of women's safety and people with um, women's safety issues. Great to have you back. <laughs> Louise, you've joined us again. Brilliant. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for having me back. Um, my name is Louise Hosking. I have been involved in health and safety. It's going to be my 30th year this year. Um, so I've had all sorts of jobs in all sorts of locations. Um, I'm a consultant based in the UK. Um, you'll probably know me from my volunteering work from IOSH as well. So thank you for having me. Glad to have you back. And we've got a new guest today, Louisa. Would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you are in the world. Uh, I'm Louisa Nera, and I'm the Global Technical Director for the Center for Chemical Process Safety. We're a technical alliance of the American Institute of Chemical Engineers, and this is my 40th year. Uh, oh. I, had, I had 30 years uh, working in industry, in engineering, and in manufacturing before I came to the Center for Chemical Process Safety, and I'm planning on keeping keeping this going for as long as I can so I want to thank Tamara for inviting me to this and uh, I think it'll be a, a great time today thanks yeah welcome I'm so glad to have you all here so yeah psychological safety let's start kicking this off then so for me voice and trust are really important factors when it comes to employees making decisions whether that's reporting safety concerns about themselves about other colleagues whether they're talking about any procedural deviations or equipment concerns so when we think about voice it's employees that feel it is safe to speak up and share their ideas. So this isn't a one-way process. This is about actively seeking to listen to others and understand others. And then when we talk about trust, it's that two-way bond that develops that confidence in communication, whether that's between workers or between workers and managers. So I guess my first question to kick this off is how can we start building trust and encourage knowledge sharing, particularly amongst women? And, and I'll give you my example. If we think about whether we actually hear the voice of women when it comes to things like personal protective equipment. So I know there are women out there in the workplace that complain that their safety boots are too big and it's causing accidents because they're not stable. Their high visibility clothing is too big and it's getting caught things are we actually listening to that voice what, oh my gosh, what a great kickoff question Donna. <laughs> From the male perspective I, I know that our protective clothing is based on a male model and the uh, footwear is based on a, on a male uh, shaped foot 
and putting pink laces on male safety footwear and then marketing them as female safety footwear really isn't going to cut it in the 21st century. Um, what we need to make sure, of course, though, is that feedback comes into management and then on to the suppliers. And, and I think that goes to your whole concept today of psychological safety. So, so hearing, hearing from the, the women leadership that are on this morning show would be really, really interesting. Um, scaling down a male uniform is not the same as having a female uniform. Yeah. Absolutely true. Um, one of the things that I think is really important when we have discussions like this is what happens with feedback. So there are lots of people in safety and, you know, in just all different kinds of professions, managers, supervisors, who are open to feedback, but no one knows what happens with that feedback. Yeah. And one of the things that I am always coaching when I am working, I do a lot of work on site in manufacturing and healthcare. One of the things I'm always coaching people to do is tell people when they bring a concern to you, what you've done with that, what you're doing with it, what the progress is, because this is, this is not a way to encourage people to speak up. If they, if they bring their concerns and six months later, they have no idea what's happened with that. They have no idea if it's been brought up. They have no idea if there's any plan in motion. So I'm always encouraging leaders, supervisors, team leaders, better to over communicate than under communicate. Even if the answer is, I've brought your concerns forward. If nothing happens in the next three weeks or four weeks or two weeks or days, I will follow up. I'm doing what I can. Yeah. That's the communicate. Thing, right? That, that, yeah. That's having your, your two way communication done, yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I'd take that kind of one step even before that piece of um, are women actually saying this is what I need? Do they feel comfortable to be able to say that? Because um, I think back, you know, across my career um, and particularly when it involves you know, within a team, um, sort of referring to a line manager or whatever, somebody in authority, I think those of us with kind of these feminine traits and women, we've been brought up to be kind of, it, it, it's part of the, the way that we've been brought up is, is to respect authority and yeah. to, to not question. And, and it's this whole business of if we start raising issues, are we going to be seen as bossy? Are we going to be seen, are we going to be, you know, disliked in some kind of way? And I think as women, um, we're, we're constantly juggling with that. And, and I, you know, to wind it even back, are women actually saying, I need this? This is, this is something that I need to enable me to work. And I think under the current climate that we're in at the moment, that is so important to have those honest conversations. Um, and that comes back to, you know, the organisation and how the, the culture within the organisation. Um, so, you know, it's, are women actually speaking up in the first place? 
and and I think probably the answer to that is no and 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 how can we explore that how can we give them that confidence so Louise I'd like to make a comment on that because you you don't don't know me well yet but um a lot of my work was in manufacturing and I had uh, starting out the uh, the uniforms and the big fitting things and this is going back I've, I've been very fortunate to have worked for some really good companies and some really good managers uh, I haven't worked for a woman yet <laughs> but some some really good managers and leaders that listened and when I first worked in the plant and this is going back maybe 38 40 years ago uh, they gave me a uniform that the arms were too long, the legs were too big. And I just said in a nice way, I can't wear this. Two days later, the manager as a leader, he listened and he did follow up, had a tailor come in from, wow. from the uniform uh, uniform manufacturer and they measured me. And they made two uniforms that fitted me. Now, I couldn't exchange them and, and keep up what, what everybody else in the plant was using, but there were three women and they went beyond that and they made specific uniforms for the three of us. And with working around the compressors and the pumps and moving parts, I think that was so important to be able to do that because as, as you said, Donna, it, it got me out of the way. It got my clothing out of the way of being a problem. But throughout my career, what I have found is if you have an issue or you feel uncomfortable, don't sit there and worry about it. Say something in as positive a manner, manner as you can. Be uh, professional. And in most cases, in most of my cases, I was able to get something because in a lot of cases, we're talking about men bosses, they didn't understand some of those things. So once they were alerted to it, they, they first listened and then they followed up. And, and I think that if we can, can move towards that with women that are just getting in or that, um, you know, have had some issues in the past, that perhaps that that will help. Yeah, it's, it's don't be afraid, isn't it? Yes. You, you speak up. And I love that in a, you know, in a positive kind of I've got a solution kind of way. And I would like to piggyback on that a little bit um, because there's another side of the coin and that's supporting others' voice. Yeah. A lot of times um, in my experience, what I have seen is when somebody is trying to talk, the more dominant people will shut them down and everybody else in the room is quiet. And I think we need, we're adults at work. So how can we change that? What are your recommendations? Yeah, no, I think I think that's a great point. I think I think there's a number of things, and I think you've all just touched on those little things that make up this bigger part of the solution that we need, which is supporting others to speak up as well as ourselves, having the confidence to speak up ourselves. But actually it's it's understanding what to do as well. And I think that is a bigger problem here in that when people have spoke up, sometimes it can be too difficult to make that change. So, you know, I can speak from my own experience. I was given a high visibility vest that was way too big, but it was the smallest one available. So the solution for me was just cope. Um, and I'm not getting a solution there. 
So it, it can be too difficult to make those changes. So those things just get ignored. And then I guess we just don't speak up because when we did before, nothing happens as a result. So I, I guess just building on from what we're talking about, what do we need to do to, to assess or to make sure that teams are safe for everyone, healthy for everyone? I mean, Lorenzo, you're, you're the male ally here. Any, any thoughts from you on how men can help women do this differently? I, I think I build on um, what Louise said a few minutes ago about a lot of this comes um, internally from women workers and, you know, it, it is really common for um, women to cope. You cope with the demands of the family, you cope with the demands of the job, you cope with the commands of elder care. Um, so, so maybe there's something the male ally can do to be conscious of the fact that that might be the, the default position. And if, if I'd spotted your high visibility clothing was different from mine because you'd sewed it smaller or taken the waist in or and and by default you'd move the reflective settings uh, actually your risk has increased now because you perhaps don't have as many stripes on your vest as i have on my vest um but you know is it the role of the male ally to spot that no it's everybody's role right but i think probably what men should do more of is notice when a woman worker is speaking and maybe get shut down and draw it out. Donna, you just started speaking. I didn't catch everything you said. Can we give you some space to actually articulate your concerns? I think possibly we should and could go further because we recognize these things mm. as foreseeable risks in the workplace. So maybe just maybe we should do something about highlighting women's safety as a specific safety hazard. Mm -hmm. um, and then we could have programs within our workplaces that supported the women worker and her, her discharge of, of safety. It, it doesn't only have to be clothing. Um, so I, I suspect we've put it in the too difficult to do box. Um, and that goes all the way organizationally through um, what is the typical safety? It's very difficult in this forum because there are five of you who are quite clearly um, all senior female um, professionals in your own right. But maybe just maybe we've got the balance wrong in the, the male-female split in health and safety professionals. And, and maybe we need some women safety professionals to be championing this. Kind of like um, in, in the world of engineering, women, engineer, women engineers have come to the fore and championed women engineers. Should women safety professionals come to the fore and champion women's safety issues um, without making it a purely women's issue because it isn't really a women's issue it's an issue of equity it's ev everyone's issue it's an organizational it? issue i mean yeah. what we're seeking is equal access it's not yeah. um a, a, and so it becomes an organizational <laughs> issue um and you know these things you know i mean i've built up branches i've built up teams you know and actually when you bring in these you know, feminine traits, everybody benefits because yes. everybody feels more comfortable and everybody feels that they're they're being hurt. And those kind of meetings, which are respectful, you know something, you really notice them as a woman, woman where you go into some meetings. I have been the only woman in a room quite frequently. Mm -hmm. 
and but the meeting is massively respectful and I don't feel like that and it's striking when it happens um so it's how can we create that balance um in across everything because that's good for everyone it's not just good for women Exactly. Absolutely. And you know, something that you said earlier, Louise, has been sitting with me since you spoke it, because really, at the end of the day, if the culture in the organization is not an inclusive, open, trusting culture, it really is never going to happen that the average woman is going to speak up. You'll have the occasional woman that will. And so when we look at how can companies do things differently, to me, there's, there's a couple of things. One is to consider the fact that sometimes the things that women bring up are like number 50 on a long list of much more, what the, the leaders consider to be much more important issues. Like right now, we are trying to keep everyone safe and trying to do this and trying to deal with this. And, and you want a different vest? Like it's not high priority. So we need to respect that 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 could be part of what's going on sometimes for the issues that we may bring up, which doesn't mean that we let it rest. It means that we take into account that right now might not be the time, but we keep at it. So that's one issue is we have to consider what else is going on in the organization, but leaders have to communicate that. The other side of it is that it's, it's not okay for women to say They are not giving me this. They're not doing this for me. They're not allowing this. They're not hearing me. They're not, if they're not speaking up. So as leaders, how do we shift the culture? And I think one of the things leaders can do is ask more questions instead of telling people how it's going to be. And actually, two other points, have some conversations with the women, just the women, have some conversations where you ask questions of the women or get someone in to do that to find out what their needs are to see if there's some way to bridge the gap. And then the last thing is, is what about, and maybe this doesn't fall on leaders, but darn it, we got to teach women to have more confidence and assertiveness. Maybe that's not the role of the company to provide that training, but it really won't cost you anything when you think about the long-term payoff yeah yeah okay sylvia if if i could make a make a comment here uh a a couple things i think everybody's kind of touched on things that leaders can do with listening and and asking questions and being more positive and considerate and women can can really speak up but outside of of those meetings or or problems that that come up that we're trying to solve maybe we can reach out and do some mentoring and for those of you that are on this this webex i i want you to know that as my position that we're not just looking at women to be inclusive or for the trust or the knowledge sharing in the workplace but we're looking at this for everybody so every yeah. year uh i'm mentoring between five and and ten people people coming out of of college or that are in the workforce area and try to coach them on the front end before they go into these big meetings or before they they uh, start talking to one of their leaders and say what is it that you want to say pick your battles and go forward and if you have problems 
come to me as a sounding board. And I think all of you that are on the call, I'm sure have done the same same types of things. But one of my focuses on this, on sharing and being more inclusive, is to make an opportunity to make myself available so that it's not as scary because I'm not part of the issue that, mm -hmm. that they're trying to solve. And I think that that can, can make things a little more positive and a little less stressful for those people. And uh, I, I know in, in a number of cases for me, it has worked out for young women that have come in that we've talked before they've gone into something and I'll get a call back that'll say, Louisa, this worked for me. Oh, I think that's brilliant and I think you've touched on a real great point there around networking and I think it's about how we make women feel included and how we allow them to contribute and Louise I just want to hand over to you because you know I've, I know you're working on a network for women in safety um, so that tells me that we need to give this platform to the women safety professionals do you want to tell us a bit about I that? I am so excited <laughs> about this and talking about smashing into 2021 so um, I mean it's a culmination of a lot of things and and I all, I usually do something around International Women's Day um, but we have another a male ally in Malcolm Staves who is the great group health and safety leader within um, L'Oreal and he and I got talking at the end of last year and it turns out that we seem to know everybody everywhere <laughs> um, <laughs> so, so literally we pulled something we pulled all these amazing women leaders in from across the world many of whom are on this call and Lorenzo's in the group as well um, and the idea is that we're we're taking networks from around the world so everybody represents either a network or an organization um, and we've got Tamara who's who's gonna you know bring come into this from a comms perspective as well and all of those different people that head up those networks are coming together in a coalition from around the world so oh, what that and where we've got an, an event on the 9th of march um which is going to be an all-day event and currently we're spanning 16 time zones with the speakers yeah. and we've got we've got amazing women speakers in that group we've also got stuff that's going to be released that nobody else knows about health and safety so it's open for everybody oh. and the aims of it are for us you know there's really established networks like ASSP have got WISE Women in Safety Excellence um, so there's very established networks and we want to take the learning from those established networks showcase women because you know so often people will put on events and say well I haven't got any women in my events because I, I couldn't find somebody that talks on this. So come to our group and we will find those people. Um, and my whole piece around this is, you know what, if we've got a project or if a business comes through and says, I've got a project, let's give it to this group mm. because we are a, we're going to become this global network of excellence, not just because we're women, but because we are passionate about what we do we're effective leaders in our own right not just because we're women yeah. and at the same time it will showcase us 
Um, and I'm determined that over the next three years, we're going to bring more women into the profession. We're going to see more women in leadership and then it will become self-fulfilling. And I'm huge. I mean, I'm running around at the moment with loads of organising to do, but please tune in on, on the 9th of March. And I'm hugely excited by what we're going to achieve over the coming years. Congratulations. I just... Oh, I just wanted to hop on what you were saying also, because it, it this is like um, even women mentoring women mm. yeah. you know, in, in, in business, in podcasting, in, in everything. We're not just going to have a conference on the ninth and it's done. This no, is the conference is showcasing, but this is, you know, absolutely. And, you know, this whole global piece as well is so, you know, it's, it, it, you know, it's coming to the group and saying, you know, Louisa, your your specialisms in process safety, you're going to be up there and you could be mentoring somebody from the other side of the world. Um, and we've got, you know, it's no more of this. Well, I don't know where they are because we're right. going to be easy. And we're that's here. going to make a big difference. It really is. And, and I think it's great. So, so very often, you know, we're, we're, I mean, we're now saying, you know, we can't get this. We're not feeling included. We're not feeling trusted. That, that platform sounds like it's going to be a great example to start showcasing what's gone well and where we can start learning from that best practice. It's about time we started screaming from so the rooftops what exactly. good looks Exactly. Like. So it's going to be, we're going to change the narrative. Love it. You know, if we, we all know what it's like, um, and there's a platform for that, but this is about looking forward and saying, what is it that we that we need? I mean, the we we had a two and a quarter hour meeting on the sixth of January to bring everybody together, and I've never been so riveted in my seat by the women that were and the gents that were on that call. So so yeah, the 9th of March is a congress pulling people from that session, but but it's just a Congress, the work of this group, um, you know, gradually people will see this evolve. Um, and, you know, I think we're all gonna become really great friends and we're gonna give each other those opportunities and the confidence to, to stand up and to talk and to, to feel comfortable doing that. Brilliant. Louise, one of the things that I would like to make sure that we, we include in that is not only where women have differences that we need to look at, but to celebrate and work on things where we're going through all of this together and we've got commonalities. I think that, that that's a, a really important point because then this becomes something that everyone can get something out of and it's not just women that are looking this. It's the global it's it's the global audience yeah because you know something is that if this pandemic has shown us anything it's how we're all connected around the world yeah. Um, yeah. and this group i think can take health and safety to a different level sorry go on and this, this goes to the heart of the theme of today yeah this, this is about that capturing that power to change that voice. Um, and okay, there is a focus on it, changing a, a woman's voice, but actually it's going to change workplace cultural voice yes. through yes. the power of the women collective. It, it, I nearly said, if we get this right, when? 
when it's going to be a when Lorenzo <laughs> yeah, I, I, I pulled it back and the potential now to build on Louisa's individual to individual mentoring women's network nationally to other women's network nationally so that the mature network is is mentoring the embryonic network um, and then that transfers into our organizational cultural change where why shouldn't an organization like L'Oreal be supporting an organization like Arriva Donna because mm -hmm. transportation is an entirely different sector from L'Oreal but the commonalities are all there yeah it has real real power it's it's you know and it's it's also i've got a thing about silos i hate silos um so um louisa there's you know so much of what you bring to this um can translate into sect other sectors Absolutely. um and and i just i just the people that are involved in this project um are so open and are so ready for it and we've had such you know it's completely product free there's no selling it's just celebrating and moving forward i think what i love about this is this is a movement yes. it's not an event and the movement as i see it is that for many years we've called it health and safety but it's not really health and safety it's been safety and what we're moving into is health in its broadest sense where people feel safe and they have trust and they have support and they have a sense of belonging and they have a sense of psychological safety in addition to knowing that as long as they are doing their lockout tagout correctly, they are physically safe. We've never really fully embraced the concept of health in health and safety, but here we go. Yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. And I think, you know, that that is something that we're starting to see more of now. And I, unfortunately, it took a pandemic to to really get that yeah. to, to the point where we all recognised it. So given what we've all been talking about, given what we've all said, do we think then that this psychological safety issue has a bigger impact on women at work? I mean, I think it affects everybody. Yes. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I'm with you. It does. I'm gonna say yes, because um, we don't speak up. And so we silently hold in. And I always say this, our issues live in our tissues. Whatever emotional state you're in has the capacity biochemically, physiologically to enhance or detract from your health. And so I think there, are, and, and there are all kinds of issues that affect women. Um, you know, we don't need to go into all of them, but there's discrimination, whatever. All those issues that we already know about, um, they absolutely affect women and we have less power and control. And again, we, we always say this on this podcast, we're not talking about every woman yeah. and we're also not saying this never happens to men. Yeah. But there I'm are- I'm glad you said issues. that. <laughs> yes. And going back to what we talked about in our very first podcast, in addition to all the workplace issues and stressors that women experience that affect our psychological and emotional state we also have the unpaid shift which is what yeah. we talked about you know two episodes ago and so yes i think there is um there is a huge effect on women's psychological well-being in the workplace that we are not I mean, this podcast is unearthing it, as I like to say to Tamara often. It's like you're taking, we are taking the big rocks 
off the ground and looking at the ugly that's underneath. Mm. There's a lot of stuff that we need to deal with. Absolutely. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. <laughs> Donna, one thing that I think came up when we had met earlier before you guys invited me to this that I think is, is very important for women and anyone that, that doesn't speak up to, to really think about is to do the networking that we talked about, get support from other team members. And we need to make sure that we let them know that even if they make a mistake, they need to talk about it and we all need to learn from it. Yeah. Because if you keep a mistake hidden and you just think, oh, I won't do that the next time or something will be different, then you're the only one that can learn from it. Yeah. If you talk about it, then others can either share their experience where they may have done something similar and you can all learn so that you can put it together and make it better. And that stuck with me as something, you know, when we were talking the last time. And I think that that's really important to look around. None of us are perfect. Yeah. Everyone makes mistakes. Mm -hmm. And let's look at learning from it and, and sharing with others in a, in a positive way. Yeah, and I think that's something that organisations can help with and leaders can help with. It's creating that safe space, isn't it, to speak up where, you know, it, it's okay to make a mistake and be wrong. Yeah, I have worked places before early on in my career where when there was a mistake, it was, was find the person and, uh, you know, reprimand them or... Uh, you know, do do something from from an HR uh, strategy to put a letter in their file or something, without even going deeper to find out what it was that was the root cause that was was mm. making the problem happen. No, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, those those places aren't aren't gone. You know, yeah. yeah, I know, but I I am very fortunate, and and I say that all the time because. I have been able to move from some of those places into organizations that were much more forward thinking and much more accepting of women. And, and if they weren't, in some cases, I made changes to either make changes there or leave. Do you know something? You've raised a really interesting one there, Louisa, because, and I've talked about this when I've talked about psychological safety and stress, particularly with, with sort of young women I do actually agree with you that there's a point that you come to where if you can't change it you're you know as Sylvia was saying you know all of these effects that can build up inside you and it's it's if you're not in a healthy place you need to do something about that there is yes. something you can ultimately do about that and it's just, you know, um, and you know something where one door closes, another one opens up. And and things like our networks, we're going to be able to support women and, and others, not just women, um, through that process. Yeah. Your, your skills are not diminished by leaving an organisation because you were unable to change it. It's that organisation's loss. It's that yes. organisation's inadequate recruit, recruiting process that got you into an organization that wasn't healthy enough. So it, it needs to be, if we don't recognize that that sense of feeling psychologically safe in a workplace 
isn't commercially beneficial to an organization, there's something really wrong with that organization. Right. And, you know, you do not need to be part of it. You, you are skilled, or we wouldn't have hired you in the first place, would we? So go, just go. I think, I think that's so important, Lorenzo. But one of the things that I've uncovered working with organizations is that a lot of times the leaders don't even really know what's going on. Yeah. I find out because I'm on the shop floor, I'm working with the leadership team, but then I also want to talk to as many people in the organization as I can about whatever topic I've presented on. And when I go in and do that, I find things, I have uncovered hornet's nests of really uh, horrific bullying and no one has spoken up because they are terrified of the repercussions. And so when I've uncovered this, I've asked permission to bring this forward and then it gets dealt with. But the company leadership doesn't even know what's going on. That has happened. I've experienced that in companies like 90% of the time, 10% of the time, the leadership was aware of it, tried a few things and it didn't really work out or it's still going on. And, you know, they're kind of trying some you know, I don't know, very passive measures to deal with it. That's the rarer case. The more, the more common situation is no one knows. And do you think that's because they, it's too difficult to deal with and it's easier to bury your head? Or is it because people aren't speaking up and that message is not getting to the yeah. senior leaders? I think, I think it's both. Um, and I do know of situations, I have come across a, a couple of situations where it was brought up and the first two or three people that brought it up, the comment or the um, response from leadership was, that's just a personality conflict, go work it out. And that's not always, that's not always an insensitive or unrealistic response because sometimes we need to approach the person and really focus on conflict resolution. We don't have those skills. And in Canada, we're even worse. We're known for just being really <laughs> passive, right? It's a stereotype, but we're known for that. Um, I, I, yeah. I, I actually think as well, though, that, I mean, we were talking about PPE and it's, it goes on the too difficult part and it's number 50 on the list. Um, right. I do believe that those in leadership positions have generally got there. Um, via a certain type of behavior and yes. in order to solve these kind of issues you've got to have a very servant leadership style and yeah. be open and be receptive and that takes a change that is uncomfortable sometimes mm. um, and a true leadership should be uncomfortable every single day um, but if they've got themselves into this place, which is comfortable, and they've got to that position via a certain set of behaviours, and now we're asking a change, that's that's tough. That's yeah. difficult. Agree. Yeah, agree. So, Sylvia, if I could ask you a question. One, yes. um, 
recommendation that I would have that I have seen positive in in a, a number of facilities, uh, not overall through the companies, but specific facilities within the companies, is reporting or making requests through an anonymous system. Yeah. so that you're not putting your face out there to be the one that gets disrespected or that finds out that it's not happened. What is your view on that and, and what have, have you seen in your work on, uh, on reporting anonymously? Um, so I can tell you that um, there's a couple of, um, there's, there's some good things about that and some bad things about that. Um, when an investigation needs to happen, uh, we need to, we can't just take anonymous words. We actually have to talk to people and find out the specifics because you can't, you can't as a, as a leadership team or as a plant manager or as an HR professional, go and investigate some, somebody with something that's on a piece of paper that you can't prove, right? There has to be at some point, I think, um, the person who may be investigated for psychological harassment or bullying deserves, because not most people don't wake up in the morning and say, like, my goal today is to psychologically harass as many people as I can. Hurt people hurt people, and not all people who are bullies are bad people. I actually had, when I did a, um, a workshop once with a construction company, I had an older gentleman approach me at the end of the day it was a, a workshop on respectful workplace, not dealing with policy, but just dealing with real behavior. And he came to me at the end of the day and he was very emotional. And he said to me, I think I'm a bully. And he was near tears. This had never crossed his mind before until he heard me speak. Wow. And so I think what the person who is being investigated deserves the respect just like we deserve the respect to, to be able to speak, they deserve the respect to be able to be investigated in a way where we actually have information. That's one thing. Secondly, um, being anonymous can be a little bit passive aggressive. I understand that being anonymous is a safety thing. I, I totally get that. So I'm not saying that you shouldn't do it anonymously. I'm saying let's ask the question is this really the culture that we want to create where people have to be secretive about what's going on because that person who's doing the bullying might just need some coaching it that doesn't necessarily mean they're a bad person it might mean that they don't have any other communication skills they might be a bad person they might need to be out i don't know it just it's so, there are so many factors to consider that there isn't a really right or wrong answer, but everything comes down to the way the leadership team receives and is open to these things. When, you know, in one of the companies I was working with in the U.S. last year, when I brought it forward to the plant manager, all of the people whose permission I had to go to the plant manager all said, yes, give her our names. We will talk to her because they love her. So Sylvia, I think you and I may have been thinking about two different focus points. It seems like you're talking about when there's been an incident or an investigation. Right. What, I, what I was thinking and the ones that I've seen that have been positive have been 
when there's something like the the clothing issue or an uh, inconsistency yes. where they can bring awareness so that yes. it can be fixed before it becomes a major problem. So I agree with you on the on the the incidents and when it becomes yeah. to the point of an investigation. But we're hopeful that we can do things in our sharing so that they'll be caught before they get yeah. to that point. And I think right. it's a two way thing. I think it's that you know I think you do need that anon anonymity sometimes because certain issues it is difficult to raise. But then other times it's about encouraging people to actually stand and be counted for. So I think I think yes. on parts and a lot of that will depend on our audience and the the organisation and the people in there and the culture as well. I'm just conscious we're getting to the end of our show and I think it's been a really great discussion. I'd love to carry on talking to you, but I just want to stick to Tamara because we might have some uh, comments on LinkedIn that we can respond to. Yes, yes, we've got some comments on LinkedIn I'm going to bring in. I've also put some resources on the LinkedIn chat for people. And so people on the panel, if you do have resources, give them to me and I'll put them in the chat box for other people. Um, and I just wanted to connect about, um, you know, there is a woman, Dr. Laura Crushaw, who does work in what she calls boss whispering right and working with um abrasive leaders so maybe that's another discussion that we can have for another day as a group and going to the linkedin comments we've got a lot of people joining us today we our numbers reached up to about uh, 30 people live on linkedin so kudos first. um i have paul clark saying wow it is sad to hear that this goes on sylvia but on the flip side it's great to hear there is an awareness that this behavior is so there so we can fix it. Um, yeah. Anthony says, Tamara, good morning. As a father of four teenage daughters, I want to applaud you all. Got a crazy morning, wow. but wanted to you to know, support your efforts and say at Safety Rec, we're, we have several women in the field and always enjoy working with and empowering women period yeah can i just say tomorrow get his daughters to tune in on the 9th of march and, and <laughs> meet us all and i put the 9th of march on there also to let people know so let's get the details around that to share on the linkedin mm. um and he's um anthony's from new york city and he's so happy to see women empowering being engaged in safety um also andrew um hawks it uh, wants us to talk to the IIRSM so they can help us. So, you know, reach out um, to the network. This is just phenomenal. Take it back, Donna. Yeah, no, thank you. So then let's just wrap up. I guess my final message out there is to, to all the women, don't be scared. It's, it's time to get your voice heard, get networking, join this global tribal movement that we're creating. And, and to everybody else, let's just support that and make that happen. So we're anyway. holding the door open for you. Yeah. Yes. Definitely. Thank you all so much. Thank you, Tamara, for your efforts behind the scene. Um, hopefully you can all join us again soon for another amazing podcast where we tackle safety data. So thank you. Thank you. Yep. We are here every third Friday morning, starting at 8.30 a.m. Eastern. So tune in. Thank you. Thanks, everyone, for listening. <laughs>